Oh, glory be unto the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and mercy endures forever. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Praise God. The mercies of the Lord are new every day. Every day. That means God don't hold grudges. Praise God. I'm glad he don't hold grudges against me. It's under the blood. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Good to be in the house of the Lord today. Feel the presence of the Lord here today. Amen, amen, amen. It's 9-1-1 today. 22 years ago, America had a wake-up call. It was a very distressing day. I was in a funeral, which made it even more Stark, and uh, conducting a funeral the day that it had happened. And uh, therefore, a while America was in a repented state, but not not so much anymore. I'm afraid. But I'm glad that the mercies of the Lord still with us. If it hadn't, hadn't been for the mercies of the Lord, where would you be today? Mm, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Let's get into the word of the Lord this morning. Isaiah chapter 52. Verse 1, awake, awake, put on thy strength, O Zion, put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city, for henceforth there shall no more come unto thee the uncircumcised and the unclean. Shake thyself from the dust. Arise and sit down, O Jerusalem. Loose thyself from the bands of thy neck, O captive daughter of Zion. For thus saith the Lord, you have sold yourselves for naught, and you shall be redeemed without money. Chapter 61. Verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord 
and the day of vengeance our God, to comfort all that mourn, to pour unto them that mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Verse 10 says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments and as a bride adorneth herself with her jewels. One more final passage of scripture is in Matthew chapter 10. Verse 11. And into whatsoever city or town ye shall enter, inquire who in it is worthy, and there abide till ye go thence. And when you come into an house, salute it, which we understand means to speak to those at the household. And if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it be not worthy, let your peace return unto you. And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear your words, when you depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Turning your attention back to Isaiah where I'll be speaking from today. Chapter 52, what we read. He said, awake, awake. Put on thy strength, O Zion. Put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem the holy city. For henceforth there shall be, there shall no more come unto thee the uncircumcised and the clean. Shake thyself from the dust. This morning for just a few moments, I'd like to speak on this subject that I believe the Lord has imparted to me. Shake off the dust. Shake off the dust. 
Would you pray with us today? Dear Lord Jesus, thank you, God, for your word. Oh, God, move by your spirit upon us. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus Christ, we ask, Lord, that you would move in the remainder of this service. Lord God, that you would do the work, Lord, that we cannot do. Move by your spirit, Lord Jesus. Let your anointing be in this house, O Lord. Let your word go forth and let it not return void. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And everyone said amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord Jesus. Webster's defines dust as earth or other matter in fine, dry particles. The substance to which the dead human body is ultimately reduced by disintegration or decay. Dust. You can have a fine vehicle Pay as much as perhaps your grandparents paid for their house for today's vehicles. In fact, you could probably buy two or three houses that your grandparents purchased for the price of today's vehicles. And the one thing that they do before they let you drive it off the lot after All of the handshaking has been done for the finances, which can take all blessed day. But once they've got your name on the dotted line in a financial institution, unless you're independently wealthy, like Brother Jace, you know, where you can just hand them the cash and walk away. But for the rest of us mortals... We have to have financing. Amen. Praise God. I've heard all those Bible students that got money like that. Yeah. Yeah. How about it, Sister Hannah? Am I, am I pretty much? On? Yeah, I thought I was. Sister Carrion is loaded. Yeah. Boy, you see, need money, see them after church. Sister Ava, they're, they're all just, you know. Praise God. But you get that vehicle and you've made the choice. You've decided the color is tolerable for you. You don't always get the color you want. A lot of times it's not really color that makes the choices, but rather the cost of the vehicle. But sometimes you might get fortunate and get both. Get the vehicle that you like, the color that you like, and get the financing that you can tolerate. And so they say, we're going to take it around to the detail shop, get it all cleaned up. And uh, they do a little bit of this, that, and the other. And I've worked in detail shops as a young man in Florida when we uh, lived there as a very young man. And um, a lot of work goes into all of that. But finally the vehicle is brought to you, and it's, oh, it's, what they would call in the South, spit shine. It looks good. 
It's been vacuumed. There's not a speck of dust anywhere. There's no fingerprints on the steering wheel or anywhere else. And the outside looks nice and the sun's shining on it. Oh, it just looks so good. You drive that thing around, show it to all your friends and family. And uh, before long, you, you know it gets to be old hat. And that which was shiny and clean, it still looks shiny and clean to you. But what you don't realize is, is that the atmosphere around you is beginning to settle on that vehicle. And within just a handful of days, you may not even realize it because it looked the same as when you went to bed the night before and you come out and it, it still looks the same. But upon closer inspection, you'll discover that the atmospheres begin to settle on it. And then, of course, as you drive down the road, things begin to settle on that vehicle. And you really do not understand just how much it is until you run it through a car wash. And suddenly, it's new again on the outside. And you realize just how dirty a vehicle you had. All because you did not understand the power of dust. Dust is many particles. I did a little study on dust, and it's an interesting thing about dust that may gross you out, but oh well. I got the mic. There's all kinds of things that cause dust. The first, most, most of the things that come from what gathers in our house are things that we track in. I know that don't happen here in the country. I'm sure I'm talking to the wrong group of people. But the things that you track in Stay with you. And they may all settle to the ground, but as you move about the house, you actually stir them up, and then they rise, and then they settle back down on your nice, beautiful furniture. But that's not all that's part of the dust. There's other things, such as snacks, Nobody around here snacks. Yeah, I'm in your backyard now, praise the Lord. Different things that fall to the ground that maybe you didn't quite catch or mom or wife didn't catch with a broom. It kind of rolled in behind something and you didn't get it. Then there's other things also. There's little minute pieces of plastic that even the naked eye cannot pick up that become dust. This comes from different things in which you buy and you bring in your house and perhaps a package you open may create dust and it falls and filters to the ground. Then there's the really gross one. You might know what it is. It's the dead skin. Now, it's not the majority, just to make you feel better. Because most skin 
either comes out in, the, in your bathing process or perhaps in your clothes, which are then washed. But there is a certain degree of dead skin that makes it into dust. And no matter how much you clean, you're not going to get rid of all of it. Now, you can mop. That'll help, of course. You can do everything under your power to get rid of all the dust, but funny thing, it always seems to come back. But we read today of a scripture in Isaiah, God speaking to Israel, and his words were, Awake! Awake, put on thy strength, O Zion. Put on thy beautiful garment. In one place in scripture, it says, put on the garment of praise. For the spirit of heaviness, lift up your voice unto the Lord. Oh, and sometimes that's exactly what we need to do. Hey, we live in a very wicked world today. Our society is beginning to collapse all around us. You can no longer rely upon society as once we could. That support system is completely decaying and collapsing around us. And the pressure is high everywhere. But yet we find in Scripture hundreds if not thousands of years old, there comes words from Isaiah that says, awake, awake, put on thy strength, O Zion. And what is thy strength? Put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem. For henceforth shall no more come unto thee the uncircumcised and the unclean. That which does not Follow the word of God. You don't have to worry when you put on the garment of praise. God does a cleansing act and the dust is gone. It says, shake thyself from dust and arise and sit down, O Jerusalem. Loose thyself from the bands of thy neck. He's talking about the slavery that they once knew about. He said when you begin to worship and to praise God and shake off the dust of this world that settles upon us, then you loose the bands of thy neck, O captive daughter of Zion. It's time to shake off the dust. The dust that settles upon us and we don't even realize it when we're not moving around and magnifying God. When you remain stable in one place and sedentary and you do not move, the dust can settle upon you. My God, we gotta shake off the dust the things of this world that like a small carpet begin to rest upon us and we need to understand that God is looking for a church that is without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. The dust of this world can descend upon us and we do not even realize it. Can you lift up the name of the Lord right now? 
Oh, hallelujah. Glory. Glory be unto the name of the Lord. Paul speaking in Romans. He says, but I see another man, or excuse me, another law in my members. Warring against the law of my mind. And bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? He said, I'm struggling with the law of Christ. And then there's also the law of sin and death. It's a tug of war and a battle. And if I just relax myself and cease to fight the dust, and I paraphrase, but the dust begins to settle. And the law of sin begins to work upon me. And then he brings into scripture something that many think that he is alluding to an old Roman custom. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I am told in Roman times that if an individual was convicted of murdering someone, that one of the forms of punishment that they might use is to take the corpse and tie it to the back of that person and let them walk around with that thing until it literally drives them mad. As the body begins to putrefy, they're dragging around a dead corpse. Could it be that Paul was speaking of this type of punishment and he was likening our carnal flesh to the same? Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me (laughs) from the body of this death? Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? Oh, I declare unto the church this morning that we need to remember to shake off the dust and remember that our flesh is not quite dead, but yet it drags us down and we've got to remember to shake off the dust. Oh, I'm not talking always about big sins, but it can be little things, carnal nature and carnal thinking, just not praying and not getting in the word and the dust begins to settle on our soul before you know it you don't even realize the damage that has been done come on somebody lift up the name of the Lord come on Come on, lift him a little higher right now. They tell me 
that if you live in a home, and I hope you don't, a home that is never cleaned, I've been in a few of those. I remember I was working for Heilig Myers Furniture Company. I was in training to be credit manager, which I later became. And part of my training was to go and to repossess those that refused to make payments. Generally, this was people that had allowed their payments to go beyond six months. And I remember going to this one place. It was in a pretty rough part of town. But we we're coming to get a bunk bed, one of these iron bunk beds, a pipe metal, tube metal, I don't know what you call that, type of bunk beds. And uh, so I went with someone else, and he had to get some other things, so I was left with having to disassemble this thing and we put it on a truck. The place was so filthy. I thought, I don't know how anybody can sleep on that bed. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna ruin your lunch for you right about here. I had to keep stomping my feet to keep the roaches from crawling up my legs. As I'm taking apart that bed, I had to constantly do it because there were thousands of roaches in that house. And I had to constantly stomp my feet. It's the filthiest house that I'd ever been in. I remember one place that I went, I was supposed to go pray for a man. I've told this before, but I'll repeat it just for your sheer enjoyment. <laughs> call it entertainment factor, whatever you want to call it. It was out in West Texas, you know, and flies are really bad out in West Texas anyway. And my wife was with me. I said, I'll tell you what, why don't you just wait out here in the car? Boy, I saved her a real, I gave her a real blessing that day. She didn't realize. There was a gentleman that had two grown sons living with him. And I knocked on the door and said I'd come to pray for the daddy. They said, come on in. And they opened the door. I was met with a horde of flies. Didn't seem to bother them. Had their plate sitting there, and we won't get into that. Mm. Offered me something to drink. I have to tell you, I was unhospitable. I didn't want nothing out of that house. Yeah, yeah, my thirst level was gone. I, was, I wasn't thirsty. And, you know, you, you, when you come into someone's house, you do your best to try to be as cordial as possible. And they invited me to sit in one of their chairs. And the whole time I'm sitting there talking to them, I'm having to do this to keep them out of my face. I couldn't move fast enough to get my praying done and to get out of that house. 
filthy house. Nasty. When one lives in a home that has not been properly clean on a regular basis, it's a known fact that an unhealthy environment can begin to develop. Now, I realize we all get busy and we don't always keep our schedule, but usually you get around to it. I'm not referring to that. I'm talking about long-term neglect. And if you're not careful, you can literally become sick from your own stuff that you failed to clean up. And I, I just want to bring that to our attention today. That even though we may keep our homes very spotlessly clean and get as much clean as we possibly can, but I wonder about the condition of our walk with the Lord. Are we allowing the dust of this world to settle upon us? We take care of our houses to be sure they're clean. Wash our vehicles to keep from being embarrassed and all of that kind of stuff. But the bottom line is I wonder about the condition of our walk with God. What about the dust that settles upon us daily and we've not been in contact with Jesus Christ and wept before the Lord at the altar of repentance and say, oh God, Lord, I want to please you in everything I do. I've got to shake off the dust. I've got to get that junk off of me. I'm in this world, but I'm not of it. i got to get rid of the stuff that settles upon my soul. Shake off the dust. In the 20s, the 1920s, about when this church was founded, in West Texas, western Oklahoma, southwest Kansas, southwest or southeast. Colorado, these states. There was an uptick, if you will, in good weather, good rain, and it seemed as though that it would last forever. I'm talking about the Great Plains. I read this from off the internet, and I want to read it to you, from National Geographic. The Great Plains of the United States and Canada experienced severe drought during the 1930s. This drought came after years of agricultural development that did not include crop rotation. Very few plants anchored the soil. Crops were difficult to plant and often impossible to harvest. This is also at the time when automation of farming 
implementation was also given, and that's like farming equipment, um, harvesting, harvesters and all of these things, was just beginning to come into play. But then there became what was known as the dust storm. They still have them in West Texas occasionally, but nothing on the level that occurred after the ground had been decimated. Dust storms were so strong and so frequent that the entire area was known as the Dust Bowl. Dust Bowl storms could reduce visibility to a handful of feet and had names like black blizzards. They would put stuff over their windows and seal them up, but yet the dust still somehow or another was able to make it through. And people would get sick from breathing the dust from the dust storms. Some would even die, completely contaminating their lungs. There are stories that exist of that time period. Millions of farmers, especially those in the U.S. states of Oklahoma, Arkansas, Texas, and even Kansas, lost their land when they were unable to harvest any crops. These victims of the Dust Bowl migrated to places like California and Florida, where agricultural land was less affected by dust, storms, and drought. The problem was is they failed to understand the land in which they owned and they plowed upon. For apparently centuries, the land had been undisturbed by the Indians and there was nothing hardly there but just rare vegetation. You ever been out to West Texas? It's not where the tourists are crowding in to go to. It's just not one of them kind of places. In fact, if you've seen one West Texas town, you've probably seen them all. The bigger cities might have a different flavor, such as Lubbock or Amarillo. I preached all in that area. But all those small towns, they all look alike, and they're as ugly as sin. But out in the country where they began to try to make a living, these people moved into these areas and the grass that was there held the soil in place. And so they began to plow that, but yet they wouldn't go back with anything to hold it still in place. And they began to plow deep until the top soil that held everything in place was now removed and now the dust from the winds of West Texas where there is very little to slow it down. You won't find much but maybe an old mesquite tree or something. I know when I lived in West Texas for a short time, it got so hot and dry out there I only had to mow once a month. Just, uh, you know, and some folks, they went in and, and pulled up all their grass and just made it a rock garden instead of a yard. 
You'll find that common in that part of the country. But they did not seem to understand the land in which they were working. And so because they abused the land, maybe they didn't do it necessarily on purpose, but there just was no education in this area. And because of this, the dust storms began to pick up in the 1930s when all of that rain from the 1920s began to dry up and it began to go into a dry season. And from that, it was phenomenal, the dust storms that would roll in and it would block the light of the sun to the point that it would feel like it was the darkness of night. The dust was so great and so thick, not only could you not hardly breathe, you could hardly see a handful of feet away. The story is told of a couple, uh, there was a funeral where a child had died and they were out at the a cemetery and the dust storm come rolling in and they all had to hurriedly get in the car and put that thing to a quick conclusion and get on back home as quickly as they could and drive as safely as possible because that thing come in like a black blizzard just like it talked about and it was so dark that you couldn't see it looked black. There was no sunlight that could make its way through all of that would roll in and then roll on. Lots of real estate, sister, moved from one county to another. There are pictures of houses where the sand and the dust would blow in a certain direction against that house and it would partially go as high enough like snow to partially cover the house. All because the farmers in that part of the country did not understand the land in which they were working. You've seen Brother Motion, you've spent a lot of time giving us a lot of historical information, but how does that go with what you're preaching? Brother Justin, you're the outreach director. You and I have talked about it. We've got to know there in the field in which we work, the field of labor, because if we don't, we could suffer from dust storms, from things that come to torment and not to add to the church daily, such as should be saved. And if we abuse that and we don't wisely apply the word of God to the area in which God has placed us, it is, it's, it's unique like fingerprints. Every church has its own way of growing. And you can't go, and that's why it's not fair to compare to churches else around you because they've got a totally different dynamic than this church has and we have a different dynamic church than any other church and so you cannot look at one and compare to the other but one thing you can understand very clearly is that God has placed us in a very unique circumstance and that we're to know and to understand that which is around us and say oh God give us wisdom and understanding help us Lord God to know exactly how to reap the harvest 
harvest in the way that it would be according to your will because if we don't, we could find ourselves in a dust storm that could decimate us. Oh, God, help us to shake up the dust and say, God, help me, Lord, to reach my world before it's too late. How do we shake off the dust? By bombarding heaven and praying for the holy rain. The washing of the Holy Ghost. You see, the best cure for dust is moisture. It has to move. That's why the ladies and brethren that go about your house and you want to get rid of the dust particles, generally speaking, the most accurate way to get rid of it is to mop. That's to put a little bit of moisture on it and make it stick where you can pick it up and get rid of it and get it out of your house so that there will be no sickness or infection due to too much dust in your house. And the same is in the house of the Lord. We need God to send some rain upon us. If we're not, my God, if we're not talking to God about it and saying, oh Lord God, cleanse me of anything, Lord, that is settled upon my soul. Oh God, let me not be a product of this world, but oh Lord, let me so shine thy light as I can before men that they might see, Lord, that you are the only way, the truth, and the light. I have seen communities and I won't be much longer. I've seen churches and pastors. They start to get a reputation of being somewhat maybe holier than thou. We used to call them in school goody two shoes. Huh? Come on, somebody. We think we're a little better than they are. Kind of like that fella that showed up when Dad was in downtown Memphis for some kind of reason, I think at a bank. And this wild dude come in. It was it's well known all over Memphis at that time. I don't know if he's still alive. They called him Prince Mongo. He is nuttier than a fruitcake. He came in and here come the news right behind us. He was newsworthy, some of the stuff that he pulled. He said to on the news, dad was standing around, he heard all this. He said, he said, you know, he said, my feet never touched the earth. They looked at him about like you're looking at me. He said, now my feet hover above the earth just about a quarter of an inch. My feet never touched the earth. Nutty in a fruitcake. But there's a lesson to be learned. We can become so heavenly minded. We're of no earthly good. What does that mean? That means you can spend so much time in the book 
and in prayer, but yet don't see your fellow neighbor when they're in need and when you can help them because your mind is somewhere off yonder and it's not really absorbing that which you're supposed to absorb. Shake off the dust. Shake off the dust. Could it be that many churches today are dying on the vine because neglect of years of neglect of handling things the wrong way and disturbing the soil of human beings in that area to the point that now they're involved in a dust storm and the light of God cannot shine upon men in that community because the dust is so dark. to shake off the dust. God, give us wisdom in this hour. Give us discerning, Lord. Give us skill and understanding, oh God, that has to come from heaven. You can get in the book and you can learn facts and figures about what thus saith the Lord all you want, but until God imparts to you some wisdom and understanding and some skill that you can apply this to your world, you still haven't accomplished anything yet. Somehow or another, this word's got to become alive here. And it's got to be rightly divided. You can't go around telling everybody they're going to split hell wide open. But rather you got to let them see the love of God and let them be drawn to the light that's supposed to be emanating from inside of your soul. That's got to be wisdom there, understanding and skill. And God puts that in your spirit. I pray that we shake off the dust. How do I do that, Brother Mozart? By praying for the rain of the Holy Ghost to fall upon us. That there be a rain. Let there be an outpouring. Let there be a pouring of the Holy Ghost power. Stand with me today. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, lift up your hands. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.